Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 16th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you also know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. I had a fantastic weekend full of God, family, country. Hope you had the same. Welcome to the broadcast. Of course, you got Lowell Nelson coming up. We haven't talked to him for weeks, and we're delighted to be back with him. Then, of course, the good Dr. Scott Bradley will be in the house. Two hours of hard-hitting talk tomorrow. Spread the word. Share the love. An award-winning broadcast will consist the second hour with Sam Bushman, Richard Mack, and the simulcast. And we will be having on, yeah, the key investigators in 2,000 mules. So be ready for that incredible barn burner broadcast as well. we got a whole lot going on this week and glad to be part of it with you. Welcome to the broadcast. A quick recap of Saturday's show we had on Chris Carlson, who says, Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Saturday, we did have an in-depth review of the recently released documentary, 2,000 Mules. SalemNow.com, if you want to learn more about it. And we talked about how 2,000 Mules helped Biden steal the election. Video compares mules to drug mules. You know, drug mules move drugs for drug cartels, etc. So they're using mules in terms of moving ballots, right? They were employed to pad Biden's numbers in five key states. And they have not only cell phone data, all right, but they also have incredible details, all right? They use cell phone data tracking along with video evidence to prove their points. It is compelling evidence, ladies and gentlemen. D'Souza went into a meeting room with five Salem uh, media hosts, Larry Elder, Eric Metaxas, Dennis Prager, Charlie Kirk, and Sebastian Gorka, all of Salem Media, to discuss whether they believed that the fraud took place during the 2020 elections or not. And all of them said, no, nah, that's old hat. Everybody's tried to prove vote fraud. No one's ever got it done. They dismissed it. Now, nah, out of hand. After they saw the movie, though, they were absolutely shocked. D'Souza breaks down the numbers right in front of them to see if it would have changed the outcome of the election, and without a doubt, the answer is a resilient, resounding yes. That's only 2,000 mules in their very narrowed-down case to prove the point. In the movie, though, they called on law enforcement to double down and investigate everywhere. Okay, so uh, True the Vote was uh, involved in the movie. Those who will be uh, on the broadcast with us tomorrow. We're talking about Catherine Engelbrecht, president of True the Vote, and Greg Phillips. Greg Phillips has a 40-year background in intelligence regarding elections and analytics regarding elections. It was an incredible uh, breakdown. We also talked about Georgia officials are now intimidating Greg Phillips. That's serious indeed. 
right? This is a very, very dangerous escalation in this, Greg Phillips says. And boy, I think he's right. Uh, So there you have it. A great breakdown with um, Chris Carlson. Um, Greg says, I believe somebody's going to get killed if we're not careful. I sure pray not. I sure pray not. But even Vice President Mike Pence is doubling down and backing Georgia's incumbent Republican Brian Kemp. Well, it's on Kemp's watch that this whole Georgia, at least portion, of the 2,000 mules takes place. Why won't the Georgian officials look into it? Why are they attacking Greg? I'm telling you right now, we've just scratched the surface. This is serious indeed. We also talked about Musk puts Twitter takeover on hold regarding fake account questions. Don't know what his attempt or agenda is there. We'll keep an eye on that ball, though. Will he buy Twitter? I was hesitant in the first place that he'd get it done. Then it seemed so easy and so quick, and you had to wonder why. Now there's a glitch. Time will tell what will happen. We talked about Randy Weaver. Dies. Rip Randy. Parents, social media, react to Oregon, meaning the state of Oregon requiring tampons in boys' school bathrooms. I don't even know how to respond to all that. Wow. Now Joe Rogan lights up. Lori Lightfoot's call to arms. What the blank are you saying, he says? Now, I appreciate that, but it's amazing. I report 2,000 mules in the real pay dirt, the smoking gun on election fraud, and the mainstream press doesn't touch it. But Joe Rogan just battled with whacked out liberal governor Lori Lightfoot, and it makes mainstream news. See, this is where they self-perpetuate their mainstream pro- Mainstream hosts, which topic is more important, relevant to the nation? I mean, I appreciate that the Chicago mayor's a goofball and she's out of control and Joe's attacking her saying, you're goofy. I get it. But does that compare to vote fraud all across the country Um, with a smoking gun and 2,000 mules? Even Salem's backing the 2,000 mules movie, right? Anyway, we talked about Moscow cuts electricity. When will it hit the United States? I pray that it doesn't. But we already know that they're calling for this. Texas calls for power conservation after six generators fail. So you can expect as the summer heats up and everybody cranks up their ACs that we're going to have brownouts and blackouts this year as well. Average person feels good just 47% of the time. That's pretty bad. 47, they don't even feel good 50% of the time. How often do you feel good? See, I think it's a pretty general question, though. When it comes to health, I don't feel good a lot. I've got long-haul COVID symptoms, and it's been rough on me. My health uh, over the last several years, comparatively, has been just, wow, nosedived, a real struggle. But I feel good because I trust my God. I feel good because I believe the work that I do every day has value, that I bring relevance to America, to the world, that I speak out for God, family, and country, that I do. I feel good about what I do. I spend all my time on God, family, and country. A uh, little bit of entertainment here or there. I'm human. I got to have a little bit of rounding of my life, but I, that's what my life is filled with. And I feel good about that. So if you want to talk about health, I don't feel good hardly ever of the time. I always have health issues that, that plague 24 uh, seven. But you know what? I feel very good about what I'm doing. And so overall, if I had to gauge what percent of the time do I feel good, probably 80% because I've learned to manage my not feeling well health wise and just say, Hey, that's part of mortality. And I'm going to live with that. But overall, I feel good. I feel good about my friends. I feel good about my family. I feel good about my, my, the people that I surround myself with. I feel good about my efforts for the sacred cause of liberty. I feel like I'm doing my best to turn to my God. And to, Anyway, a lot going on there, right? But how often do you feel good? And how would you answer a question like that? Very 
interesting indeed. All right, we're going to have a breakdown, really cool discussion with Lowell Nelson coming up here in just a second. And Manny's got three main topics that we, we want to talk about. We're going to talk about the Utah Republican uh, Party nominating convention. Interesting things happen there for sure. I'll tell you that. All right. Um, second, we're going to talk about Lowell went to Nashville, Tennessee. And third, we're going to talk about the Newquist breakfast. Lowell Nelson, welcome back, my dear friend. Well, good to be back, Sam. Thank you for having me. Man, it's been so long, and it's all been my fault. Thanks for your patience, but, man, God bless having you back, sir. <laughs> well, it's uh, been four weeks since I've been on Liberty Roundtable. Sam, you know, I even had to look the number up this morning because I forgot the number <laughs> to call. I've missed our shows together, but thank you again for this great opportunity today, Sam. We are delighted, my friend. The Utah Republican Party nominating convention, you were there and you're here to report, sir. Well, it was that weekend um, of April 23rd that saw me at the Republican Party nominating convention. It was an all-day affair, of course, with a, not very many surprises. Mike Lee, one of seven candidates, won the nomination for the party in the first round, gaining 71% of the delegates' votes. That was pretty, pretty much a landslide there. Now, now and, let me uh, tell you why it's a little bit of a surprise, though, because I thought okay. they'd twist a lot more delegates' arms than that. That just proves how true the delegate um, people really are and how true they are to what they really believe and everything else. There was seven uh, people there, and uh, Mike won handily. But you also got a question now if they're going to try to pull out the stops and use their big money to do an end run round the delegation, right? Well, that's I'm sure that's what they're planning. Uh, the, the two big opponents, uh, Becky Edwards and Ali Isom, I think are going to split the vote um, between them, you know, any of the opposition's vote. Uh, probably a little bit more to Becky than to Allie, but uh, I predict that uh, Not Mike much. will win the primary. Yeah, and and but that's okay. So I wasn't just surprised. Mike uh, continues to be popular among the delegates because he pretty closely follows the the Constitution. He's with Rand Paul most of the time on the votes back there, and uh, got a, what a ninety three percent score from the New American Magazine on the Liberty Index. So. I mean, he's doing pretty darn well back there, even though I don't agree with him on everything, and I know Scott Bradley doesn't agree with him on everything. He is better than most. <laughs> yeah, and I don't agree with him on everything, but I will say this. we got to remember it's a relative discussion sometimes. Now, I know when you compare it to cheating on your wife, it's like, hey, a dismal a reality. You know, even 2% <laughs> right. of the time is really horrible. I get that standard, and I agree with it. I also agree, though, that, look, it could be a whole lot worse. And if you want to talk about, what, the five congressmen in Utah, is that how many we have now? Uh, well, six total congressmen. Six total uh, congressmen. Okay. In the six congressmen uh, in Utah uh, and the other senator. So, in other words, eight federal oh, no, no, representatives. No, 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 no. No, senators are congressmen, right? I mean, so uh, a lot of people don't know that. But All right. Yeah, let's get into this in a second. I'm saying there's four congressmen and two senators. Oh, okay. Four representatives and two senators. That's right. But I, I understand. We'll get to your point because you're right in just a second. But anyway, out of six of them, I would submit to you Mike Lee's probably the best one of them all, though. Absolutely. And if you ever think he's not being doing very good, just look at the other senator, Mitt Romney, and then you know. Amen to that. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live in seconds with Lowell Nelson on your radio.
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. We're talking to Lowell Nelson, ladies and gentlemen, campaignforliberty.org, as we do every Monday on your radio. Doing a great job talking about the Utah Republican Party nominating convention. Lowell was there, and uh, no surprises, Mike Lee did incredible. One of seven candidates. He got 71% of the vote, and that's great. Um, I, I'm a little surprised that they weren't able to twist a few more delegates' arms, uh, but nevertheless, I'm happy about that because I think the delegation makes a huge difference. It's the preliminary folks. They're the ones that decide who really gets to your ballot to vote on, and they're the ones that really dig into the candidates and vet them so well and do such a good job. They spend their time is the reason that they're so valuable. Well, in Utah, they're trying to get the delegate system or the caucus system, and they're trying to put a place or a situation where you can just have big money win, use the big money in the media, and... Well, then comes the vote fraud stuff as well. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but uh, we left on the idea that there's two, four congressmen and two senators in the state of Utah. In other words, six representatives to the federal or the general government. Right, Lowell? That's right. Yes, Sam. But there's a misnomer a little bit in terms that I think you ought to clarify. Well, I, I try to make this uh, clarification to people all the time. When you talk about a congressman, um, you're, you're talking about Congress. And, of course, Congress includes two chambers or two houses. One is the Senate, comprised of 100 senators or two uh, senators from each state. And then the other house or the other chamber uh, is called the House. And so what we really have are U.S. representatives and we have U.S. senators, all of which comprise congressmen. And so that's the only distinction I wanted to make. 
Yeah, and it's important. I mean, I think that people kind of misnomer, misstated all the time, and I just did, uh, to your point. And I think it's wise to clarify and wise to be accurate about, uh, you know, hey, they're all congressmen. A lot of times they say congressmen and senators, and that's where the confusion comes from. Uh, but it is House representatives and senators, all members of Congress. So I'm saying out of those six, though, uh, Mike Lee's the best. And that's why I kind of was highlighting this relative term. Look, if we want to spend our time, it's to get rid of the, the worst, uh, not to uh, attack Mike Lee. To retain Mike Lee is probably the best thing we could do at this point. So we need to be very agile and understanding uh, about what's going on. Uh, what else happened at the convention? Well, there were four congressional district races, of course, and all of them were contested. CD uh, 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 two and four, both the incumbents both won handily. That's Chris Stewart in CD two and uh, Burgess Owens in congressional district four. They both won handily, easily. And but but in CD one, <clears throat> that was uh, Blake Moore, where Blake Moore is the incumbent, and also in CD three, where John Curtis is the incumbent. Uh, both of those gentlemen are in primaries because um, the challenger got more votes than the incumbent. Uh, Andrew Badger got 59.28% of the vote. Curtis Herod um, in, in CD3 got 55% of the vote. And so those two races are going to primaries uh, for the you know general uh, party member. Uh, so they'll decide in a primary. June 28th is the date of the primary. And we will know who the Republican Party nominees in those two districts will be. So um, uh, those are hotly contested races. I was a little bit surprised that Jason Preston and Tim Alders didn't do better in, the, in Congressional District 3. They both were eliminated in the first round. And that's really sad because those are the two that I would have gone for. Well, Jason Preston is really a warrior. I mean, he would be, uh, reminds me of a biker type that's swinging the chains on a Harley Davidson. He would have gone back there and really shook things up a lot. And he has a great, uh, you know, position, uh, liberty position, a great liberty mind, as does Tim Alders. Tim Alders, over the years, decades, has been a talk show host on the radio a lot. People know him. Plus, he had a lot of his own money invested in this race. He could have spent and helped to win against John Curtis. I, I don't think any other candidate had as much money as Tim. But that didn't sell well with the, with the uh, delegates. Delegates are not looking for people who have a lot of money. They're looking for people who have a lot of principle. And Chris Herod had the track record, the legislative track record in the state of Utah as being a truly liberty-minded uh, legislator. He's the one who started the Patrick Henry Caucus here in Utah, you know, way long, quite a few years ago. And, and um, you know, he has the track record. And uh, so anyway, that's who the delegates chose. And he's in the primary, and there's a lot of people working his campaign uh, trying to help him beat uh, John Curtis. All right. Burgess Owens won big time as well. And how well is Burgess doing compared to how people hoped he would? Um, he's uh, 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 slightly above average. Um, you know, his Liberty Index score is not nearly as good as Mike Lee's. Um, he's kind of like in the middle of the pack there. Uh, or maybe the top of the bottom is another way to put it. Um, he's not at the top of the top, but he's top of the bottom. So. There you go. So we got a lot of work to do, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that because, again, I get the little bit of where it's not perfect that you got to kind of give a pass on that. I also get the more you go down the ladder, the more you go down the ladder, the less justification you have. And that's kind of something serious as well. Now, this to me was very sad that you reported Lowell. For the first time in our history, the state's school board races were partisan. That's interesting. <laughs> well, it is. 
And it's a good thing this year for sure because, as you know, our school board here in the state of Utah has been acquiescing to the whole, uh, you know, LGBT community uh, uh, storyboard. They've been acquiescing to uh, letting boys, uh, you know, use the girls' showers and locker rooms and restroom facilities. They've been acquiescing on pretty much everything, CRT and uh, uh, this uh, SEL, uh, social emotional learning in the public schools, they have been embracing this, uh, let me just use a kind of word called crap. Uh, they've been embracing it. And this was the year when the mama bears came out of the woodwork. And, uh, and we are, you know, we meaning the mama bears are uh, putting into onto the school boards, both the local school boards and the state school boards, just a whole boatload of new faces, new personalities who reject the uh, critical race theory and who reject the social emotional learning and the sex education taught to kindergartners and grade schoolers and who are rejecting uh, so much of this uh, counterculture and woke culture that has yeah, invaded uh, you know, and, and now permeates our public schools. Uh, and, and that's that's a sea change, uh, Sam. And, we'll and see I think how that's good, and I like the sea change. I'm concerned when you start to make it partisan, though, because, hey, if you're not part of the two parties, if you're part of a third party, you're basically disenfranchised completely. And if in Utah, for example, you're part of another party, then you're not really – you don't have the influence. So I, I just feel like it chops a lot of people at the knees. It uh, mm-hmm. you know, it really creates multiple elections that um, – disenfranchise for example the other side the democrat side if you're not there and you're not involved you're not influencing that side of who gets to run against uh, ever and so uh, that partisan stuff never makes me feel good now i know in this case because we saw a short-term sea change we think it's great but on a long-term reality parties and partisan politics has never really done us any good the founders warned against it lol and that's kind of the reference point that i stand with well it's a great point to to, to make Sam, um, in this state, because we never had partisan races in the school board positions, they were never vetted. Those candidates almost never got vetted because people, you know, the delegates are used to vetting people who, who are seeking their votes. Well, the state school board candidates, they never sought anybody's vote because all they needed to was name recognition. There are 15 seats across the whole school, right? I mean, the whole state. And uh, and so their districts are bigger even than our Utah senator districts. If you're talking about the number of people in a district, and so in order to get elected, all you needed was a lot of money and a lot of name recognition. And because no one ever asks you tough questions like delegates are wont to do, then you could get uh, <clears throat> into the state school board, uh, on the state school board, just through name recognition and popularity and money and stuff. Uh, yeah, so the real question is, questions. the real question is, how do you get that delegation? How do you get those questions? How do you get, and that's where the media is falling apart. That's where the American people need to do due diligence. I agree that the delegation solves a lot of that, and I support that general idea. I'm just concerned when we get the partisan politics. I would also say, too, though, that, you know what, Americans, rather than just go and battle at your school boards to pray you get the right person that won't teach your kids all manner of false doctrines and and um, God rejecting uh, attitudes and behaviors and thoughts and idea, the best way is just to yank your kids right out of the government school and say, school board, you're defunct because there's nobody there anymore. That's the way I would go 
uh, as well. But let's get to the reason that you mentioned the small number of delegates, Lowell. Well, yeah, it is a good reason. The number of delegates is uh, for a state Senate race, yeah, on average, is about 138. Because, you see, you take the, the 4,000 delegates and distribute them over 29 Senate districts. You just do the math, you get 138. Now, in a House representative's uh, state house, that's even smaller. Distribute 4,000 delegates over 75 House districts, you come up with, on the average of about 50 delegates who are making the decisions who gets to represent or who becomes a party nominee in a state House race or a state Senate race. You realize how important your one vote is as a delegate, Sam. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to make a difference, get involved is the point. Lowell Nelson in seconds on your radio. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. It was a weekend of shootings across the United States, the worst in Buffalo, New York, where authorities say an 18-year-old is accused of killing 10 people at a supermarket. Deadly shootings were also reported at a Southern California church, a flea market in Houston, and across St. Louis, where five people were killed and eight others were wounded in a string of shootings. McDonald's is going to sell its business in Russia, Two months after suspending operations over the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the fast food giant citing the humanitarian crisis caused by the war in Ukraine and said this morning that continued ownership in Russia is no longer tenable or consistent with McDonald's values. A celebration of life event at Nashville's Ryman Auditorium remembered country music legend Naomi Judd Sunday night. You're listening to USA Radio News. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-9336. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-9336. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-9336. 800-444-9336. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody claims she has documents that show Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is knowingly permitting policies that make smuggling by cartels easier on the southern border. Moody saying without Title 42, there will be an increase of illegal immigrants crossing the border. We can at least tell he is lying to the American public and working harder for the cartels and unvetted illegal immigrants than he is for the American people. She also alleges that he lied to the Senate in a hearing about the state of the southern border. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell says that he expects a Senate vote Wednesday to approve about $40 billion in proposed aid to help Ukraine resist Russia's invasion after holding a related procedural vote later today. 
The bill held up late last week after Republican Senator Rand Paul wanted the inspector general to account for where the money was spent in Ukraine. USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. Ladies and gentlemen, your vote as a delegate is huge, so you really need to get involved, and that's a way you can make a big, big difference. Lowell? Thank you, Sam. You're absolutely right. Uh, these delegates uh, vet the candidates uh, deeply. They vote them tenaciously, and they therefore put themselves in a position to judge which candidate will most closely adhere to the party platform, and, and that's why the caucus convention system is such a valuable system, one which we're trying to get back. You know, the signature path evitiated the system, and we are trying to get a repeal of that Senate Bill 54 from 2014 so that we can get back to a true caucus convention system. Well, the party used electronic keypads, <clears throat> commonly called clickers, again this year, Sam. Those clickers were introduced in 2011, but the party had not included a rule that the clickers' votes be published, and so I made the motion there at convention on the convention floor, and a majority of the delegates agreed with me that their votes should be published, and so... Um, I was glad of that because a week or two after the convention, when the votes got published, and when I'm talking about publishing the votes, I'm just saying the votes associated with a particular clicker or a device ID got published. So nobody knew how the delegates voted, but a delegate, if he wrote down the device ID on his clicker before turning it back in that day, then could compare his real votes with uh, what the uh, clicker recorded, right? So you can tell how accurate, how accurately the electronic keypad recorded your votes. And I wanted to do this. I sent an email to four, over 4,000 delegates, and I asked them to verify their votes against the record of their votes on the state party website. And uh, this is the first time in our history that I know that this, this happened, where a general plea or solicitation or general email request for delegates to to verify their votes. Well, that first week, uh, just a couple of days after I sent the email, I had received 100 responses <clears throat> from delegates. Now, the interesting thing about this is that, and of course, I separated the replies into three groups. Uh, uh, one group for those who said their votes had been recorded correctly. A second group uh, for those who claimed that they that their votes had not been recorded correctly, and then a third group just of people with observations and suggestions but never made a comment about how their how accurate their clicker vote was. Well, obviously, most delegates reported that their votes had been captured accurately, like 71 percent, I'm sorry, 71 of the 100 responses uh, said that their, thing, their uh, clicker had captured their vote correctly, and that was, that was good. I mean, that's, that's what one would expect. But there were a half a dozen who claimed that their votes had not been captured correctly. And three of them were in the Utah School Board District 4 race. In all three cases, they claimed that none of their votes had been captured. And so, you know, they had, they had pressed the button, and uh, the green light came on, and they had walked out of that 
that uh, that meeting that morning thinking that their votes had been counted when in reality they had not been counted now a week later when i sent out a reply reporting the results of of my first email then i got 90 more <clears throat> replies and out of that group uh, two more from that same race claimed that their votes had not been counted they gave me their clicker number their device id number and I went in and verified there were no votes recorded in that particular race. And so basically what I did, Sam, was that I exploded this myth that the clickers are infallible. I mean, that's what the companies will tell you. The clicker companies, they'll say, yeah, you use this, it's 100% accurate. Well, I'm here to tell you that it was not 100% accurate. Now, was it good enough? Yeah, probably so, probably so, but... But it wasn't 100. Well, hold on, accurate. hold on, hold on. Was it good enough? I say no. <laughs> okay. Was it was it maybe acceptable levels because it wouldn't have changed the outcome in this case right now? Yes, but not right. in all cases. Not in the right. future. Not in the past. Right. Well, in a, in a case where the vote would have been really really close, like remember in in the Andrew Badger case in CD one, Andrew Badger was only uh, what point. Seven two percent away from winning the nomination outright, not even having to go to a primary, and instead he's going to have to spend you know half a million dollars, and and Blake Morrill spend the other you know half a million dollars trying to win the primary, and so in that case, how many votes? Yeah. How many votes does that relate to about in the delegation? Um, yeah, I'd have to get my math uh, calculator. I bet it would have been several dozen votes, maybe. You know, okay. maybe and how many how many were were because you still haven't you've only done how many uh, delegates gave you the information first one, round you got some and then you proved it. Yeah, one hundred ninety out of four thousand delegates, Sam. So you've done let's see four thousand one ten percent would be four hundred one percent would be forty. Uh, yes, yes. So you did three exactly. percent about no four percent. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess five percent. Sorry. I'm trying to do it on the fly. You did about five yeah. percent, and and out of the five percent, how many changes were there? Well, well, it's 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 a little bit worse than that because in Congressional District One, there were only 937 delegates. I have my uh, graph up here now. Okay, 937. So, so basically, about just in in a summary, a fourth. Well, remember those those five people who claimed no votes in the state school board race were not necessarily in. in they, they weren't making that claim in this Congressional District 1 race. There was only, I think, two people or maybe one delegate who claimed that they had voted in that Congressional District 1 for Andrew Badger, and yet uh, their vote had not been uh, tallied for him. So, so there was a much lower number of people who claimed an incorrect vote in the CD1 race. There was a higher number in the state school board seat 4 race. But, but but not in a CD1. So you make a good point, Sam. In other words, you know, was the was was there enough inaccuracy in the CD1 race that you know Andrew Badger really should have won outright the the, the nomination? Well, I don't know. He got 540 votes. Uh, Blake Moore, the incumbent, got 371. And uh, so in order for for Andrew Badger to have won outright, he would have needed several dozen more votes, and I just don't think there were that many reports of inaccuracy in that particular race to have made a difference. 
Okay, so your but your summary analysis though, uh, if it scales across all four thousand, you only did about five percent sampling with what you've got because everybody else hasn't cooperated. They should be doing this by routine though. They shouldn't be having. Uh, no motion to do it, and then you force it to be, and then they give you the records, and then people do it individually, and then you have to tally up only 5% to make that uh, assertion. I think you're probably correct in this case. My point being is it isn't always that way, though. And so right. with the discrepancies that you've discovered with your 5% sampling, it should tell everybody that this alone is a huge issue, Lowell. Yes, absolutely. That was exactly the point I wanted to make with this. So. Now we have 4,000 people out there, delegates to the convention, who, who have received my emails, and uh, they know that, you know what, the clickers, they're, they're, not, they're not always right. They're not, they're not always infallible. And that's exactly the point I wanted to make. And so if, if this convention did nothing else but give me an opportunity to prove that, uh, see, what I want to see, Sam, is that I want real-time vote validation uh, of the clicker vote, and then I'd be supportive of the clickers. See, I've been against this since 2011 when it was introduced. I said we need to be a delegate needs to be able to verify on the floor of the convention that his vote was captured correctly, and number two that it was aggregated correctly, meaning it it added up to the bottom line for the candidate of his choice. Now, if those two things happen, I'm okay with the clickers. But uh, Yeah, but we don't have happen. any way to do it with the clickers. Now, here's the, the other deal. I don't know why we want to use clickers, though. I don't know why we just insist, 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 insist on technology, unless their goal is to commit fraud, and these little discrepancies over time along the way continue to add up, and they become big vote changers. I don't know why you insist on them. They used to, in the 4,000 votes, you could break that down into five or six or whatever places. You've only got, like, 500 votes to count. How long does it take? It takes longer to set up the clickers than to count the votes, my friend. Well, absolutely right. I counted the number of minutes. We spent 75 minutes on the front end of the convention testing and calibrating the clickers, taking a test vote, working out all the problems, recalibrating, doing another test vote, uh, making sure we got all the clickers to, you know, uh, to work, and if trading them out and getting another clicker if, if the one didn't work that you first got. I mean, that took 75 minutes, Sam, of the delegates' time at, on the front end of the convention. Hold plus on, another... hold on, hold on. So you're saying 75 minutes times 4,000? Uh, yes, exactly what I'm saying. So exactly. I'm, I'm not very smart, ladies and gentlemen, but think about this. <clears throat> 75 minutes times 4,000, right, divided by 60. Am I right? Yes, right. 5,000 hours. Yeah. yeah. 5,000 well, hours. I could have counted 4,000 votes myself in that amount of time, right? Wait a minute. Hold on. Liberty Roundtable Live. Your call is being transferred to the listening ear. Listening professionals dedicated to hearing you. Hello, listening here. Who am I listening to? Um, Carrie, but I was calling my mom. Yes, you were, but your mom was so busy, she felt it was important for you to have someone who could completely focus on listening to you and you alone. So she subscribed to our service. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, I'm not quite sure. Where to start? Well, I can listen to school issues like science projects. I can listen to boy problems, although that's an extra $3 per call because of the emotional drain on me. How about we start with how you wish you had made cheerleader? I didn't try out for cheerleader. Uh, this isn't uh, Mary? Carrie. 
I'm Carrie. Oh, oh, sorry. There is no substitute for a loving parent. And when you really listen, love is what they'll hear. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit, a battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com. We at Freedom Factor have a passion for our shared American heritage and want to help restore some of that American pride by emphasizing the documents that made us Americans. Our goal is to put pocket constitutions into the hands of every American and in every school. This effort requires your help. Order your pocket constitutions and browse our website at FreedomFactor.org to learn how you can help spread the message of freedom. Read it, know it, share it. FreedomFactor.org. With news the networks refuse to use, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Was my math accurate? 5,000 hours, Lol Nelson? <laughs> 5,000 man hours? Uh, yes, yeah. it was, Sam. Uh, 5,000 man hours. Now, how long would it take to count 4,000 votes by hand man hours? <laughs> well, um, in the Utah County Party Convention, we counted, we had 1,400 delegates there, maybe 1,500, and we ran a number of races, and multiple rounds on paper ballots, and uh, we did. We ended our convention like 2 in the afternoon, maybe 3 in the afternoon, and this one ran till 5 p.m., 5.30 p.m. So, uh, but I made a crucial discovery, Sam, and that is that we, since the introduction of these uh, electronic keypads, commonly called clickers, the conventions, the state conventions, have always taken longer. I'm talking hours longer than they used to because I've been going to these conventions since the 1990s, and we never went beyond mid-afternoon. Sometimes we'd get out early afternoon. I'm saying like 2 o'clock, but never beyond 3, 3 p.m. That was unheard of. But when they introduced the clickers, then we the conventions began running to 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m. And it, 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 it dawned on me, Sam, why that's the case. It's because ever since the introduction of them in 2011, the congressional district elections have been done in serial not in parallel, meaning they're done in the main hall one after another. And so you have, you know, now with the, the four congressional district races, that means the delegates from congressional districts 2, 3, and 4, they sit around twiddling their thumbs while the candidates from District 1 speak and then and, 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 and the cast their votes in that. And then the, the delegates from 1, 3, and 4 sit around twiddling their thumbs while the candidates from District 2 speak and the votes are cast and so forth. So you see what's happening there is that basically it takes two hours to conduct those four elections. That's roughly 30 minutes per election. And and you're wasting three-fourths of your time during those two hours. So that's another 90 minutes wasted. And uh, so if you put all that But together, hold on, that's 90 minutes wasted again and again and again for each 
district, right? Well, it's 30 minutes per district on the average, 30 minutes wasted per district, but it's, you waste it three times because you're so, one of So another 90 minutes, and it's across all 4,000 delegates, though. Exactly. Minus right. your district, I guess, right? In uh, other words, yeah, you'd have yeah. to take out each district's people if yeah. you really totaled the man-hour numbers of the real time wasted. But I'm right. talking, you're getting close to 10,000 hours, you know, seven or 8,000 man-hours now. Yeah, and the way I figure, it's roughly three hours wasted uh, times the 4,000 delegates. That totals to 12,000 uh, man-hours, or basically three hours of your day is wasted because of the clickers. And I guarantee you that. And so wait a minute, we're going to add that time waste, plus we're going to add inaccuracies, and then we're going to double down and insist on it by mandate? The only reason you would do that is to commit vote fraud, sir. There's no other logical explanation that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, there's a lot of high-tech people that are pushing high-tech. Maybe they're friends with the clicker companies. I don't know. but Well, I'm a uh, high-tech guy for a living, and so are you. And I'm telling you right now, we're both rejecting it. So that narrative blows up, too. <laughs> for sure. It's a certain elite group of, uh, what do you want to call it, deep state folks that have high-tech leanings that want to do this. And you got to ask the question, what is their motivation, ladies and gentlemen? Enough of that. We'll keep an eye on that ball, though. Thanks for that report. I've got to get... Uh, to your um, Newquist event breakfast first. Okay. <laughs> well, that was a great event. That was several Saturdays ago. Um, there were three main speakers, Scott Bradley, Robert Brown, and Alex Newman. Now, those names should be easily recognized by your audience, Sam. Each one tackled a different topic, and every one of them did really, really well. Now, Scott Bradley, he discussed the Fauci facade. What a great title for his talk, Fauci Facade. Uh, he actually read the book written by Robert Kennedy, Sam, entitled The Real Anthony Fauci. Now, that is a hard book to read, you know, because it's like every not page. Not for the good has, doctor, it's not. <laughs> that's right. He's used to these kind of books, but there were like uh, a dozen or two dozen footnotes on every single page of that book. I mean, heavily, heavily documented. Where so every sentence almost in that book is has a footnote because you know the the author Robert Kennedy is is making claims which if he didn't footnote he'd be really criticized heavily. Well, he's criticized heavily even with the footnotes, but everything in that book is true. It's accurate, and it and it really exposes the uh, Anthony Fauci as a facade. He's a, he's a fraud. He lies every time he opens his mouth, Sam. You know, and and so anyway, Scott reminded us of of uh, several facts. Um, you know, basically, over the past two years, uh, for example, the, this fact here to date: all vaccines for coronaviruses have failed. Now, that's a fact. Uh, remdesivir killed 58 percent of the study group in 28 days. Now. Uh, those are two different topics. I just hopped from one topic to the next. Now, the first topic was coronaviruses, vaccines for them. They always fail and always have historically. Next topic, remdesivir. You know, that's the the drug that uh, is part of the Fauci protocol that uh, doctors are supposed to administer to COVID patients. Remdesivir, during its trials, killed 58% of the study group within 28 days, and yet it was approved by the FDA for babies. Who, who, Thus, who can you least... say bioweapon intentionally um, delivered to the American people uh, with death? Now, we're going to talk to Scott Bradley in more detail about his speech next hour. 
But cool. these topics okay. are critical on the Fauci, or the Fauci facade, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Robert Brown doubled down, too. <laughs> he did. Uh, he lives in Lehigh, by the way. I didn't know he lived so close, but that means that uh, we can draw on him a little more often, perhaps. He warned us about the dangers of a constitutional convention, you know, a con-con, a convention of states. But he, he first encouraged us, all of us, to be constitutional scholars. And, and I think he's absolutely right, Sam. You know, we, citizenry, we need to be constitutional scholars. Uh, he mentioned de Tocqueville in the early part of our country's history. De Tocqueville, Alexis de Tocqueville, observed that most early Americans understood our history and our Constitution. You know, if you were to encounter someone who did not understand those things, that was a rarity. That's what de Tocqueville said. And so Robert, he identified, uh, and first of all, he encouraged us all to be scholars, and I second that encouragement. We all need to understand the Constitution so well that we'll recognize the fraudsters and the con men and so forth that try to become our politicians. Anyway, he identified the two big lies of the people who are pushing for a convention of states. Number one, they are saying that the delegates to the Philadelphia Convention in 1787 had any and all authority to change the Articles of Confederation. They're making that claim, Sam, today. That's lie number one. And lie number two, they say, any attempt to go beyond what the states authorized the delegates to do would not survive an out-of-order objection at the convention. Well, history says otherwise. Now, why do the organizers of the Convention of States lie? Why do they make these lies to us? Because they want us to believe that the, uh, the, the uh, participants at the Philadelphia Convention were authorized by their states to make changes to the Articles of Confederation. That is not supported by history. And, and their second, uh, in other words, the states authorized their delegates to go to that convention to, to improve upon the Articles of Confederation, but not to throw them out. <laughs> so that is a real key point. And ladies um, and gentlemen, that's why we've got to watch history so well, because it repeats, beware. Absolutely. The point, ladies and gentlemen, that is the reality takeaway that matters the most good for robert brown for highlighting that reality and we can't leave out leave out alex newman before the end of the hour lol yes he talked about the great reset <clears throat> the great reset of capitalism is is really authored this is not a book or this is a movement it's we're in motion right now this the great reset of capitalism is happening now it's being authored by globalists like klaus schwab who founded the World Economic Forum, and uh, on his website are eight predictions. This is the World Economic Forum website, okay? This is the website produced by, supported, and maintained by the World Economic Forum. And these eight predictions, basically they are forecasting what, what's going to happen in the near, very near future. Number one, Sam, all products will have become services. This is where you don't own anything, Bethsam, but you will be happy. Shopping will become a distant memory in the city of 2030, whose inhabitants have cracked clean energy and borrow what they need on demand. It sounds very utopian, Sam, and, and until what, what you mentioned the fact that every move is tracked and outside the city, um, 
the old, uh, what I say there, what I wrote there, my notes uh, until until yeah. So what what the, it's a surveillance state, right? And uh, so every move you make, every phone call you make, every message you send, basically um, it's going to be tracked. Now that's inside the city. If you live outside the city, uh, with the other discontents and malcontents, people like you and me who value freedom. Then, and uh, there do well without anything that is normal or, or logical. You won't be part of society at all, ladies and gentlemen. Now, right. This is if they get their agenda, ladies right. and gentlemen. Understand that the battle's on. We're not saying this is what 2030 will be. We're saying this is what they want it to be. And you and I have a battle to fight now to prevent this from being reality, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Alex suggested that Bill Gates and other globalists are attempting to edit the human genome. They call it hacking the operating system of life, ladies and gentlemen. They want to upgrade themselves to godhood. So while they want to dumb us down and control us in the super, super um, surveillance state, the control state, the deny us of God, family, and country, deny us of life, liberty, and property, while they do that to us, they want to become godlike figures themselves. This is their ultimate reset plan that Alex doubles down and documents till the cows come home. Lol. <laughs> Absolutely right. You know, total... Uh, these people, they will go to any length to try to achieve godhood. Reminds me of the Tower of Babel, right? People wanted to build a building so high they could go climb into heaven, become gods. And uh, that's what's happening right now. Bill Gates and these other globalists, they're attempting to upgrade themselves to godhood by editing the human genome. And so Alex just really had some great solutions, and it echoes your solution, Sam, and that is to get our children and grandchildren out of the public schools, uh, number one. Number two, subscribe to the New American Magazine and to the Epic Times. Um, and, and a third uh, uh, organ he mentioned was the Liberty Sentinel. This is a, his website, by the way, Alex Newman's website. I've never been there before, but it sounds really interesting. So the New American, the Epic Times, and the Liberty Sentinel. Uh, visit that Liberty Sentinel website every day. This is Alex's and website. the Liberty Sentinel website, by the way, is where Alex does news videos updated virtually daily. Does an incredible job, and he's also a reporter for the New American and for the Epic Times. Both uh, organs organs I absolutely support uh, a thousand percent. Lol, thank you so much, sir. We'll have you back soon. You're welcome, Sam. Good to be with you. Man, Lowell always has a packed show. When you leave him alone for a couple of weeks, it gets even more critical, more vital. Ladies and gentlemen, thank Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job. For Sam and Lowell, we declare this nation shall endure. you got to get involved, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we'll beat these people. We know we win in the end. What side are you going to be on? God save the republic. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. This is the broadcast from May 16th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two and the goal always to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property. Without further ado, we got to get straight to it. We don't even have enough time 
the good doctors in the house. Dr. Scott Bradley, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you. As always, a pleasure to begin the week with you folks. So uh, maybe the week will, I, I don't know. There's so many uh, distractions, diversions, and disasters that seem to be plaguing our geopolitical landscape. Uh, there's never enough time to talk about them all, is there? But we're going to double down and be dedicated to telling the truth, ladies and gentlemen. We are truth tellers. And Dr. Scott Bradley had the chance to be at the Newquist Breakfast, which we mentioned with Lowell Nelson last hour. And he gave an incredible speech. He spoke with two other people. He spoke with Alex Newman and Robert Brown. But Dr. Scott Bradley literally hit it out of the park. Now, we've covered probably a lot of this uh, on your radio over the last, uh, what, two years kind of a thing. Uh, but Dr. Bradley spoke on the Fauci facade, ladies and gentlemen. And this is really an important reality to face. And here's why. Uh, I mentioned the facade and the, and the criminal activity and the dishonesty. I mentioned uh, the bioweapon uh, nature of not only the virus, that it was intentionally created and released, that they've denied this, but evidence is coming out. Then the vaccine being a bioweapon. Dr. Bradley's really tied this together. We both had experiences where we almost died Scott Bradley's situation was much worse than mine because, really, of our medical system, uh, of the mandates that have been put in place, literally, intentionally bringing you into the hospital and kill you uh, with, again, remdesivir, the drug, and others, that all these things are designed for death. And we've had Nurse Aaron and many other people come on the radio and tell you about this. We've had all kinds of doctors. Every time anybody stands up against this, uh, they get absolutely railroaded, shut down. Uh, their whole careers, their characters, all destroyed on the altar of, you don't dare go against the COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what? The longer we stand up for the truth, the more the evidence comes out and validates what we've been saying all along and absolutely drives a nail in the coffin of the dishonest narrative of the Fauci folks, even the Donald Trump folks. Look, Donald Trump was going for this, you know, um, Operation Warp Speed for the vaccines and everything else. Look. Um, is is uh, Trump as bad as Fauci? Maybe, maybe not. But the fact is, ladies and gentlemen, there's a Fauci facade. And it's beyond Fauci at this point. There's a COVID facade. Let's start there, doctor. You know, I, I just say, okay, let's start there. It is a massive topic. And what I uh, put together for that presentation was uh, basically I, I started at the global level and uh, attempted to kind of pulled some strings on that thing, tied it down to the national level. Went. My intention was to cover uh, our home state in Utah, which is one of the most criminal states in the nation, I believe, at this point, and, um, and then to bring it to my own personal experience. Uh, the medical modalities are truly a death watch. Every single residual challenge that I face truly was medically induced. Um, and when they brought me out of the medically induced coma, which I don't believe I'm completely out of at this point, and people may say, oh, that explains the, uh, the slowness of wit and everything. But the, <laughs> fact of the, matter, the fact of the matter is that uh, uh, well, when they brought me out of that, I, I uh, was ragingly thirsty. And I said, Give By me the way, ladies and gentlemen, he's recovering magnificent, magnificently. I don't mean to, to interrupt you here, but you are recovering magnificently, and it's God Almighty that made it happen, ladies and gentlemen. Let's be absolutely clear and give the credit where credit is due. Well, and the, the, just in that little side note, I always tell people, and I, I had people contacting me from as far away 
on one side of the world is South Africa and the other side of the world is China. It's amazing how many people were aware of the challenges that uh, we faced and, and were offering prayers and exercising their faith. And I, every single instance I get an opportunity, I tell people that uh, if they offered a prayer or exercised a particle of faith, uh, they participated in a miracle. Truly it was. I tell people the day of miracles is not done. Uh, we are absolutely able to count on God. And uh, and my restoration that continues is is absolutely a testimony of that. But when I came out Amen of the Amen to coma, that, brother. Uh, I was ragingly thirsty, and, and uh, they uh, I says, I need a drink of water. They says, you can't. I says, what do you mean I can't? Well, you haven't had a drink of water for 40 days. And I said, no, 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 Jesus does that. I don't do that. Give me a drink of water. Well, I had to go another 30 days. Every single day I basically survived. If you've really, really, really been thirsty, <laughs> uh, you know that the thirst uh, urge is probably one of the most overwhelming things you can have. And, but for the next 30 days, truly, I survived one day to the next thinking I would get a drink of water the next day. Uh, they did, of course, they did uh, have a feeding tube, uh, so I wasn't like I was completely turning into a raisin or something. But but to tell you the truth, I had so many failures of feeding tubes. Uh, how does a feeding tube fail? How does uh, the trach fail? I had multiple failures of the trach equipment. I mean, it's a mechanical uh, device. I mean, my goodness gracious. Uh, there were just one failure after another, challenge after challenge. But... But the point of the matter is I had to learn how to swallow again. I had to learn how to comb my hair, brush my teeth, um, how to type and write. Uh, I, I tell you crazy stories about each one of those. But the I'm still learning how to walk, I tell people. I, I'm uh, going on a hike as soon as we get done here. We go three or four miles. But I'm slower than molasses, and my agility, quickness, uh, you know, vibrance is, is greatly diminished. But we're working on a full comeback. But the bigger issue, I kind of did this in reverse of what we were doing at the breakfast. The bigger issue really is the the uh, cabal. It is truly a cabal that is, is working to the destruction. It's just not on a, a single issue of of a uh, oh a, a pandemic that they have created and, and uh, generated across the world in terms of the fear and the doubt and the hopelessness. This pandemic, so-called, has brought us, basically as a people, to worship at the altar of COVID. It has brought us to the point that our Savior is physicians, scientists, politicians, pharma companies. We have turned our back on the God of our fathers, and we have turned ourselves into a, a people that no longer has faith, largely. Now, there are exceptions, obviously, and, and we know a lot of those exceptions, uh, and I'm blessed to know those people that, that have held fast to their faith in God and Christ. But I'm here to tell you that the uh, cabal has worked its magic in such a manner that uh, it's not magic. It's a diabolical uh, reverie of, of laughter against the things sacred. One of the things I talked about briefly, and again, I'm just uh, taking a kind of a shotgun effect here, was... Uh, the Real Anthony Fauci, the book by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If you haven't read it, you really do need to. Um, and and it's, it's not an easy read. 
I mean, you know, when I wrote my book, To Preserve the Nation, I was very careful to make it look friendly and inviting. You know, you had lots of white space and, and headings, and, and people could feel, okay, I can do this next little section, or I can do this next little section. The, uh, Kennedy's book is, is written edge to edge on the paper. Uh, it is meticulously documented. It's uh, uh, probably anywhere between, oh, probably the smallest chapters, 50 and notes. Uh, in which the uh, uh, things in the in the chapter are documented meticulously, as I said, many many hundreds of endnotes. Many of the chapters have a hundred, hundred and fifty at the end of the, each chapter. So um, I, I just uh, I find it 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 just really was kind of a chore to read. And I, you know, if you if you like reading a Tom Clancy novel or a uh, creature from Jekyll Island kind of novel, you know, that it's not a novel, it's a, it's a documentary. But this does not fit in that. And it's painful to read because the, the things that Fauci, the, the manipulations, the machinations that this cabal has been involved in is, is beyond measure in bringing this about. And the the responses, uh, you look at in Utah, about a week into March, Utah declared a state of emergency. Utah had not had one death, not one death that was attributed to COVID, not one when they did that. And they brought the whole state into a state of emergency. Uh, that allows Utah, of course, to get billions upon billions, literally billions. I'm not making words up. Not, it's not just millions. It, it's billions of dollars of federal funds. And the fact of the matter is that they played the game the whole way. The, the so-called public health officials that were involved in this were end-to-end. -end. Uh, it, was, it wasn't just a dialogue or a, a, uh, an agenda. It was a script. And about the second week in March, I was asked by KSL, the largest news uh, organization, I believe, in the state of Utah, uh, to do a, a TV interview. And they had a six-minute segment they were going to do on this so-called pandemic. And uh, so I gave them a 20-minute, no, excuse me, 28-minute on-camera interview. They used nine seconds of my interview. I could tell by the drift of the, everything. This was an agenda, a script to bring about mandatory vaccinations and destroy our liberty. I guess, ladies and gentlemen, to the break. Yeah, quick break. We'll talk to Dr. Scott Bradley. He gave an incredible speech at the New Quist event. We're highlighting that now. Dr. Bradley spoke on the Fauci facade. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. 
Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. All right, live with Dr. Scott Bradley, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always. Dr. Bradley gave an incredible speech about the Fauci facade. And uh, we're highlighting that speech now. And here's my one-line summary thus far. The global COVID cabal is being used to force the great reset of society to destroy your agency and your liberties, to destroy America your way of life, destroy small business, and make you a slave. That's my one-liner so far, Dr. Bradley. And we take it from the global to the state to the local to personal experiences and more. This is virtually, sadly, all-encompassing, doctor. Well, and that's, that's the problem is that there's so much to talk about. I mean, the, uh, the smearing of, of things such as ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine and the the lionizing of, of deathly, um, I can't call them medications, they're poisons. The rendezvous of the world and, and some of these other things that have been brought forth that actually literally in the tests that they did for, for other sicknesses where they were doing the, uh, you know, the uh, testing for efficacy and safety and so on, they, f they ended, for example, a rendezvous test 28 days in because over 50% of those that had been administered rendezvous died, died. It was by far and away the most deadly of all of the concoctions. You know, I can't, I can't call it a medicine. The most deadly of the concoctions they were testing, and it became the modality. It was the go-to modality at Fauci's uh, insistence here in this country. Now, let me just, just for a moment, now, if you talk about death rates per million population, I had a slide in, in well, I had a few slides. It had to take several slides. We reviewed a great number of the nations across the world. The nation that was closest to the United States in terms of its uh, death count, uh, Iran had 1,449 deaths per million. That, that is the second worst in the world, okay? But, but let's go to the United States for just a second. Uh, 
The United States had 2,107 deaths per million. That was only 4% of the world's population. The United States experienced 14.5% of the total worldwide COVID deaths. And people say, oh, my goodness, how, how does that happen with our fantastic medical system and everything? People, we were a third worse than the worst other country. But let me give you one other real contrast. Tanzania, they had dot eight six deaths per million, less than one death per million. Say that again. In the United States. Say again. Dot. You, you just repeat it. It's important, worthy of repeat. Tanzania had dot eight six deaths per million. The United States, on the other hand, had over twenty one hundred deaths per million. Worst per million in the world, by far and away. China, three deaths per million. Hong Kong, 28. Congo, 35. South Korea, 47. Now, a lot of these people, you say, oh, well, they, were, they had real draconian things. But you look at other countries, for example, uh, you look at Denmark, uh, who had almost no response to it. 455 deaths per million. I mean, <laughs> United States, five times that per million. But what's really interesting is Tanzania had a far different response to this so-called pandemic than the United States had. They completely ignored everything. Well, I'll have to back that out a little bit in just a second. But they had a leader until he was assassinated. I truly believe that he was assassinated. Now, he think said, about this. They had a leader. Now he's dead. And, and Isn't he that was, interesting, ladies and gentlemen? Exactly. He said, no, we ain't going to do this. But as you remember, mask mandates, lockdowns, business shutdowns, educational suspension, economic sanction, medical protocols, government resources fully committed to vaccine development, travel restrictions, contact tracing, business and personal relief checks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We can go on Stay and on. Stay at home mandates. We can go on and on and on and on and on and on. Yep. Uh, Absolute, complete suspended. destruction of all societal norms. Absolutely. And what happened after this Tanzania a leader was was assassinated they they put this freak uh, another globalist cabal freak uh put in uh, into the uh, head of the government she implemented a complete repressive regime like the united states was doing but let me stop you there and if you don't believe in our assassination claims why the next leader doesn't about face on the very issue we're talking about is that just coincidental it's I think not. not. Go ahead. Not sir. in the slightest. Okay, so this woman comes in, the Wicked Witch of the West, and put all of these things on the people. After a week, beginning with the police. Okay, now let that go to your heart for a minute. All of these police officers here in this country and around the world, look at Australia and New Zealand, look at Austria. I mean, these police officers are complicit to the nth degree. They are diabolical in their willingness to fulfill their orders, as as you might, uh, you know, the old Nazi argument at the Nuremberg trials after a while. I was just following, just orders. following orders. Yes, but after about a week in Tanzania, the police says, "We ain't doing this no more." I mean, this, these masks are—I mean—they're killing us. We're going to die. So they threw their masks in the can. Okay. And the rest of the people, well, the police are on our side. And they chucked them, too, except at the airport. I think that's the only place. And the nation weathered the storm in very, very short order with minimal repercussions. Again, 
the result was Tanzania, dot 86 death. That's less than one per million versus 200, excuse me, 2,107 deaths per million in the United States. United States, highest by far. Now, th that is just scratching the surface. Our modalities, the things that we were blocked from getting, had the smear uh, tactics that were done. And by the way, I brought in, you know, the United Nations, the World Health Organization, and we could talk at length about their efforts to control and contain uh, the United States medical freedom. But the United States has been complicit in helping the World Health Organization do that. The Gates foundations, their involvement, the idea, oh, we talked about stuff like safety and efficacy. You cannot accurately, with any scientific evidence, say it's safe or effective. Because we we did, I mean, in terms, it's more than a nanosecond, okay? But, but it was a blink of the eye, basically, for safety and effic efficacy that was tested when they brought this these uh, things forward because they didn't take the time to do what would have been years of verification. And, and I think back about the last vaccine that our family took was back in 1976 when we got sucker punched by Gerald Ford. Go down and get your vaccine. Well, after a handful of deaths, probably less than six or eight, with that vaccine, they pulled it from the market. By the way, more people died from the vaccine than died from the disease. Okay, now I think these are parallels we've got to draw the analogies between. But they pulled that back in 76. Our family said, no more, never, uh-uh, not going to happen. We were sucker punched by that. And this is far and away, amazingly, you cannot say is safe and effective. All, the, all of the, um, the media did was reflect the marketing announcements of the, the uh, companies that were making these things. And the media announced them as though they were gospel truth. Institutions embraced them as though they, the media were telling them the truth. The media was completely on board with this. Like I started to mention that interview I did early, early, early in this, a 28-minute on-camera television interview. They used nine seconds of my words. They spent the rest of their six-minute segment uh, demonstrating the absolute necessity of mandatory, compulsory, uh, the Gestapo will be at your door. They didn't quite put it that way. If you don't take this vaccine, this is the only way we're going to save our lives. This, people, was before anybody in Utah had been attributed to dying of the COVID. And, and so right from the very get-go, and we could go through dozens and dozens and dozens of, of reading off the script across a whole spectrum of media wherein they said, Yes, this is the way to go. And it was like we were all worshiping at the same altar. And churches did the same thing. Churches, uh, unbelievable but things. It, but it was like did. we were worshiping all at the same altar by force, though, Doctor. Let's be very clear. It wasn't well, just we chose something. Yeah, but, but the people went into it willingly. I mean, so many did. I didn't. You didn't. There's uh, many people that probably listened to the, your show that didn't. But I am utterly amazed. I mean, I have conversations with people. I call them COVID cowards, and and they they say, oh, but we were so fortunate to have these responses, or look what how decimating it would have been. Okay, people, Tanzania, less than a death per million. United States, worst in the world in terms of deaths per million. It's astounding, and we embraced them and ran 
off the cliff together as lemmings. It's it's well, ladies anyway, and we gentlemen, Doctor Bradley's just getting started. If you want to check out his incredible incredible webinars and a whole lot more, his collegiate series to preserve the nation, etc. Freedomsrisingsun.com, and he'll continue in seconds on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. The mayor of Buffalo, New York, is praising police for saving lives after Saturday's mass shooting that killed 10 people at a supermarket. Tyriza Patterson lost her husband in the attack and tells a Today Show about hearing the news. We all have a set time, but why did he have to leave this way? That was my response. I didn't know if I should be angry. I didn't know if I should be hurt. It's all different kind of emotions, but the first thing I thought of, why this way? Severe thunderstorms are forecast to pound the northeast today. Communities from New England to the Carolinas can expect rain with hail and strong destructive winds. Tornadoes also can't be ruled out. Cities like New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, Washington, Richmond, and Raleigh all are under the gun for the possible severe weather. Thanks for listening. This is USA Radio News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-478-7733. 800-478-7733. Some parents are struggling to find baby formula as many states experience a supply shortage. South Dakota Republican Senator John Thune tells Fox and Friends that the Biden administration did not react quickly enough. They're paying more for everything, and in cases like baby formula, which, you know, basic survival items, when you can't get it, that is a major crisis, and one certainly that they should have anticipated a long time ago. The Food and Drug Administration says they are working with foreign manufacturers to increase the supply of formula. The White House says they are working to reduce inflation with legislation, such as the bipartisan infrastructure law, which will improve supply chains by creating more jobs while improving America's infrastructure. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, will be the commencement speaker at the West Point graduation on Saturday. About a 1,000 cadets will be commissioned as second lieutenants in the Army during the ceremonies. You're listening to USA Radio News. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. FreedomsRisingSun.com is website. Check out his weekly webinars and more. 
Uh, we're talking about this great reset that they're uh, pushing. They're doing it via the COVID dishonesty. They've lied all the way from the global level all the way down. And this just shows you this is, in my opinion, an experiment on their part. It was like round one. It might not be the real thing. In, in other words, what their real intent is. They might unleash something way worse. But what they've done is they've created the grand global experiment to say, how many nations will go along? What will the people do? How will they react? Let's lock down really hard in Australia. Let's not lock down so much in other places. Let's uh, let's use the United States. The greatest target uh, is the guinea pig. Let's abuse them as hard as we think we can get away with without too much of a result. Let's observe. Let's. It's the grand experiment, even though it's evil and people are dying and all that kind of stuff. Uh, in my opinion, it's a prerequisite for what they have planned for the real thing. Should we not comply? Uh, doctor, am I crazy? Well, I, I guess I wouldn't want to judge that, Sam. But no, I'm just kidding you. I, I really, really, you're absolutely correct. This is done at the highest levels of the world. Let's talk for a minute about that. Well, I mean, we, you, everybody should be aware of the uh, machinations of, of the United Nations and, and the uh, WHO, the World Health Organization. That's a United Nations instrument. But the World Economic Forum is a private organization with globalist intentions. It is a uh, fascist type approach to things. They believe in, in a, a public-private partnership where the great stakeholders go to their website, read it, people. You don't have to listen only to me. Go do your research. But this guy named Klaus Schwab created it back in 1971, and it has become kind of the... Uh, the educational arm, if you will, of bringing the new leaders forward, the new young leaders, the Bill Gates of the world and the Macrons. And I mean, it's just so amazing to me how many are graduates of their thought processes. But let me just read from the Great Reset website on the World Economic Forum. Quoting, the response to COVID-19 proves that a reset of our economic and social foundations is possible. Do you get that? They're going to use this as the instrument by which it may be done. Going on. To achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies, from education to social contracts and working conditions. Every country from the United States to China must participate, and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. Now, basically what they're going to do is have these, this silent global coup d'etat. That's their term to capture governance. It's going to be a public-private arrangement with the big, big economic engines, if you will, of the world. Now, I've looked at every, carefully looked at every single one of their partners that they have put on their website. Now, there may be some that I don't know of because they're not on the website. But strategic partners like Bill and Melinda Gates, we should all know where they're coming from this. But you know what's interesting to me, Sam, having our home state, Utah, the only one I could find, the only corporate partner that I could find from this state was Inter Intermountain Healthcare. That is the largest, that is the cabal that controls the, uh, the health care of Utah. It is the biggest footprint on and the, the net. And that's all they need, doctor, because all they've got to do is force you into their health care system. Well, all I got to do it? is create, all they got to <laughs> do is create an intentional bioweapon, then create the anecdote bioweapon. And, and I don't know how you avoid it. 90% of society is going to be caught in that intentional snare. 
uh, once you're in that system, they literally control every aspect of your life. Well, and, and really and truly, it is uh, a never-ending spiral of death. I mean, um, to, to give my personal experience with it, they had never seen anybody down as far as I was come back. I mean, literally, I mean, you know, yeah, they put people in comas. That's their modality. They intubate them through their, through their mouth, which is a destructive modality. Um, I, I was cratering, literally, until they traked me and took that stupid thing out of my mouth. But at any rate, uh, th th there's just, it's hard for people to understand. See, a year ago, I felt like I was 16 years old. Uh, you know, and I know people, they say, oh, you've got to start acting your age. I'm never going to act my age. But with the problems, the, the uh, residual health challenges that I face currently, uh, people say, oh, you're just starting to feel your age. No, no. A year ago, I would have said, you know, I've, I kiss age 16 is maybe a little bit uh, of an overstatement, but not much. I mean, the, the, uh, the vigor and activity and everything like that, it was, I was very pleased with where we were. And this thing was just uh, like an avalanche of challenges. It continues to be. So anyway, um, going back to the World Economic Forum, they propose a globalized world managed by self-selected coalition of multinational corporation governments, including the United Nations system, and select civil society organizations. Okay, These are the people that are coming from the public-private world. They're going to come together and become the silent global, their words, coup d'etat to capture governance. And, and I, I think about one of the things that I put in my presentation was the Fabian Socialists. Uh, I had a, a slide in regards to the Fabian Socialists. It's a, it's a leaded glass uh, artwork that was put together. It's now in the, the London School of Economics. Um, it's the socialists, and they actually literally show the primary principle socialists reshaping the world on a forge. They're heating the world up. They're pounding it with hammers. They are worshiping before an altar of, of socialist godless uh, concepts. But what's interesting in the background of that, there's a, I guess, a coat of arms, you might call it. It's a wolf in sheep's clothing. A wolf in sheep's clothing, Sam? I mean, you, you look at that, for example, and you come to, remember the Savior in the seventh chapter of Matthew said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Remember that. Go look it up in Matthew, Matthew seven fifteen. If people would recognize that these people are reshaping our world in the format they want, and, and socialism, as you know, is just one broad umbrella. One avenue, if you will. Communism is a socialistic philosophy. Um, the, the Labor Party in England, I mean, for example, I had a picture of uh, uh, Tony Blair, who was the Labor uh, guy that was the uh, prime minister. He says, yeah, we look to these Fabians. You know, we can see this in our Labor Party. You look at the fascists. I mean, you look at Mussolini or Hitler. Uh, th this World War II was simply a gang war to see which Fabian flavor or Fabian socialist flavor was going to rule the world. W whether it was de Gaulle's flavor or it was the British Labor Party or it was 
uh, was the Marxism uh, out of Leninism that comes yeah? Out do of you Russia? want Holodomor style or do you want uh, the German yeah. style? You know what, what well, style? You know what? Of death and destruction? Do you want that? They really do reign in horror upon the earth, and, and these are the people that are trying to reshape our world. And and what was astounding to me, and I I haven't even touched on what happened in Utah at this point, and I know we're running out of time, but back in April, I think it was, I wrote a resolution, a 15-page resolution. You know me, Sam. It wasn't a resolution documenting all of the interrogatories that had to happen. Mine was only the touching the points that the uh, Utah legislature could have used to bring about a an impeachment of our governor. And the, the reason was that the violations of the Constitution, not only the national Constitution, but also the state constitution. Every step of the way was a usurpation of power, facilitated, by the way, by a complicit and complacent legislature, which, you know, seven years ago, unconstitutionally delegated to the, to the executive branch the authority to make law in an emergency, in contravention of Article 6, Section 30 of the Utah Constitution, which says, okay, if we have an emergency, you know, we got some mode we got to go into, but you cannot violate the Constitution in an emergency. Go back and read Article 6, Section 30 of the Utah Constitution. But, the, but years ago, years ago, the legislature passed what they consider to be law. You can't override a Constitution with a law. Constitutions are preeminent. They're paramount. They're superior to a law. But nevertheless, the Utah legislature did this. And then... In, a, in special sessions in the spring of, of uh, 2020, they gave a blanket, a blanket pardon, if you will, to anybody that violated anything in, the, in response to the COVID. This is un-American in every way, shape, or form. Let's talk about this idea of uh, immunity. Holy cow. Every level is violated. Got to take a break, though, I guess. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Scott Bradley, Sam Bushman on your radio. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8, 44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note, one, that behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note two, Henry Ford was a capitalist and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present day end time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the new Jerusalem, Revelation 21. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. 
For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Ladies and gentlemen, the Great Reset is upon us. I believe that the coronavirus, it's a bioweapon. The vaccine, it's a bioweapon. This was intentionally foisted upon us globally, all the way down to your local level. Dr. Bradley talking about Utah specifically right now, but you can mirror this to your state, right, doctor? Well, unquestionably, and, and the part of the problem is, is that I've always said, you know, that the founding fathers had run out of options. Uh, and they ended up having to go to a violent revolution. And I've always said, no, 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 we can't do that. We have two things that they did not have in their day. One is the United States Constitution, and the other one is the ballot box, the vote. The American Founding Fathers did not have a voice that could be heard uh, in Parliament. They had to go on bended knee, through letters, whatever, and, and they were completely deflected. And uh, uh, the... Uh, the idea that that we could preserve our nation with that is something I've always held sacred. But what I see uh, as so disheartening to me at this point is the complete abrogation of the constitutional limits and bounds. I mean, what idiocy rules in this nation today, and I know you could put names on this, but what idiocy rules in this nation today when we're absolutely starting a disinformation czar in the Department of Homeland Security. First Amendment, flushed down the toilet. Fourth Amendment has been abandoned completely by the Patriot Act at the behest of guys like uh, Orrin Hatch. Second Amendment, under full assault right now. And and uh, you can see the full court press they're doing right now. Fourth, the, the, uh, that was the Fourth Amendment, the Patriot Act. The Fifth Amendment and, and the, the way we protect people uh, from uh, biases in the courts and so on and that. The Sixth Amendment, similarly. The Seventh Amendment, similarly. The Eighth Amendment. I mean, all of these things are being absolutely abandoned. And, uh, and, and so, yes, we are under assault, but the vote is no longer sacred. I mean, we, we look at what's going on with the, the, uh, the stealing of our elections, uh, the blatant, open, Unequivocal, and, and by the way, Utah is probably one of the worst states in the nation. I, I hate to say that. Utah should know better. But, uh, but their, their move towards canonizing, if you will, that means holding sacred and never allowing them to be questioned, the processes by which the elections are stolen uh, through uh, machines and through drop boxes and all those kind of things, it is not the most secure system in the world anyway. Uh, so those kinds of things, and and the fact, so we're we're losing the vote, we're losing our constitution. People, we've got to wake up. We've got to recognize what is at stake here. Your kids will ne- and your grandkids will never know what you gave away 
and as we moved ahead. It's interesting to me how, how these global cabals are so highly organized, cleverly disguised, powerfully promoted, and we continue to argue with each other about something of, of religion, for example. Oh, that sect is different than mine, so I'm not going to work with them in this or that or the other. I mean, come on, we are all together so we can all worship the way we want, so let's save this. When I look at the World Economic Forum, for example, I see not only IHC in there, we talked about earlier, the Intermountain Healthcare, Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Bayer, AstraZeneca. I mean, we could go down the list, the Bill and Melinda Gates, the big economic powerhouses, the, the news media people, you know, whether it's the New York Times or NBC or Time Magazine, or, or you look at the, the, the big retail stores like Walmart, you look at the big tech companies like Yahoo, which, as we all know, maybe you all don't know, deplatformed me because I had a contrary perspective. Now, come on. But we're going to do that and make it. I mean, if, if Biden gets his way, the Department of Homeland Security is going to vet and check everything you and I say. At the, mem the Ministry of Truth of 1984 is fully upon us. It is astounding to me how this is being worked to the destruction of our liberty, and it's time for Americans to wake up and say, no, no more. And uh, by the way, the uh, resolution about impeachment, I couldn't get anybody to carry it. It's like, well, huh, how will I ever get any of my bills passed? So I wrote another one later for the impeachment of both the governor and the lieutenant governor, which is a bad design for the way Utah's got it set up. The lieutenant governor runs the elections in the state. The governor and the lieutenant governor run like a president and vice president on the same party. It is just astounding to me. And so then after the inauguration of our new governor, I wrote one for impeachment of our new governor. But nobody, it's like, oh, no, this is way too radical. They have absolutely gutted the foundation of our liberty, and people are more interested in getting a stupid, idiotic bill passed to protect, and, and I'll just use something that everybody's probably heard the analogy, but it didn't happen in Utah, the darter snail. I mean, come on. Uh, we're, we're straining at gnats and swallowing camels, and that's what we've been doing. And the last two years has put it all on steroids. It's unbelievable what we've done. And, and we've lost a lot of good people, really good people. There's no question. And it seems this. like, and this is interesting, this is part of the cabal, it seems like the greater influence someone seems to have for conservative values, for God, family, and country, the more they've been attacked, the more they've been sick and or are already dead from COVID. It seems like it's been a targeted attack. Now, you and I have both got COVID. We both recovered, I think, by the grace of Almighty God. But, but literally, though, I'm telling you, the number of conservatives and people standing against this, the more you speak out, it seems like the greater you're attacked. And then they mock those who are dead um, because we say that it's a cabal or that it's not as serious as they claim, etc. Then they look at the dead and mock us on that altar even. But I say that it's a greater relationship between how conservative you are and how much you stand up versus how likely you are to get very sick or die from COVID as well. And I don't know how to get all that tracked. Uh, but that's something very unique as well, Doctor. Well, it, it is. And, and the problem is that this cabal, late, uh, I mean, literally, they're, they're waging war against God's plan of freedom, of, of his spirit children receiving bodies on this earth and being able to have this mortal experience. Uh, they are driving this to lower and lower ages. The uh, 
the results on on fertility are still I don't think we're even beginning to nibble around the edges as to what is really at stake here the little children the I, I, the the unbelievable things that are happening and I talk to people that have taken the so-called vaccine oh yeah I'm vaccine damaged I realize that but I still support the, this you know, yeah, yeah it's, I had a heart attack. it's psychotic Whatever. insanity, ladies and gentlemen. It's like Stockholm syndrome on steroids. We love our captors. It's insane. Uh, but, doctor, I want to finish by talking about this. I believe that, like, John the Baptist was the pre runner for the Savior. I believe that COVID is a pre runner for a real event. And believe it or not, the Hill, one of the things that elites like to do is they love to put in your face what they're about to do to you. But believe it or not, the Hill has an article, an opinion piece called Coming Soon climate lockdowns it's in the hill go look it up and what would climate lockdowns look like most likely cities and states would begin a natural gradual and discreet ramp up of restrictions you see during the early days of the pandemic people worked from home this could become the standard by force all you'd have to do is tax companies that people force people to drive into work etc 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 Elites are insisting that climate change is the biggest threat modern humans have ever faced. Climate lockdowns and other restrictions will be used as saving us from ourselves. What a noble concept, doctor. Uh, but this is evil. This is how they're going to implement this. And most people won't really push back because it will be gradual, because it will be simple, because they so they really push hard. They lock us all down. We kind of freak. They back off. Then they use a, quote, greater necessary cause that has global implications. And then they roll it out piecemeal by piecemeal, uh, and, and we fall for it. Uh, and and, and be, even if we push back, they'll just back off, wait, push again. Back off, wait, use another item, push again. And they'll slowly but surely tighten the tourniquet. They'll slowly but surely by gradual and very peaceful supposed means, okay, it'll be gradually discreet ramp up. That's where I believe they're headed. Well, they could do that very easily. They've seen what they can do with a health crisis, you know, fabricated as it is. And, uh, okay, it's a health crisis. Firearms are. We've got to get rid of that pesky Second Amendment. The, the health crisis, I mean, when you look at, at the environment, it encompasses everything. The water we drink, the air we breathe, every single aspect, the food we eat. Every aspect is embraced in a health crisis somehow in some way. And they have been uh, probing, if you will, the resistance of the people and how far they can push, as you point out. I, I also believe that, that uh, this is a precursor for more to come. But I've got to believe, I hope, I pray, I cajole the population and plead before God that we the people will say, no, we're done, no more. We are going to be a free people again. There is not one solitary single shred of authority for government to take the steps it did, whether it's at the general level, the national level, people want to call it that, the federal level, or at the state level, or at the local level. Government's purpose, read the Declaration of Independence again, is to secure God-given rights. And what we have done is we have become a mother-may-I society and we're allowing the rich and famous to work their way with us. And we know that they're filled with the Gates and the Epsteins. And, and uh, you know, you could just make your list of all of those, those people that are 
Do you want them to rule you? Do you want them to direct your life and the lives of your children and grandchildren? And, and I hope and pray that the answer is no. We will not allow this to happen. And, and Utah needs to change its ways. I mean, the way we elect people, the people we put in office, we get the same buffoons over and over and over and over and over and over again. And people that say, oh, we've got to rewrite the Constitution, you're going to get the same buffoons at the convention that you've got that put us in the trouble we're in. Every aspect says we need a revamp. But it needs to be revamped upon God's original formula, limited government, checks and balances, the separation of powers, delegation of authority. We have a formula. We have a way back. The, the, back, track, the back trail is well marked. We can get back on our path if enough people will wake up and say, it's time. We are going to study that. And, and we are going to understand it. And no more will we allow these uh, smiling faces and these silk-gloved hands to destroy our liberty. I mean, in the silk glove is an iron fist, and in the smile has teeth in it and their fangs. We, I, I don't know. You say, oh, you're overstating it, Bradley. I don't know as I can. I just don't know as I can overstate it. It is really a threat. It's, it's an existential threat, if you will, and we've been we've been following the wrong the wrong god uh we're worshiping at the altar of covid we shut down church we quit our worship services we quit following god and we turned to the scientists and physicians and so on man we're stupid ladies and gentlemen we can pray hard and we can trust it almighty faith is an important principle and i have faith that we win in the end i have trust in almighty god almighty that he loves us he is aware of each of us he knows the battle he put us on the earth at this very time to fight for the sacred cause of liberty and i expect to quadruple down in that effort ladies and gentlemen on my watch i will do all within my power to promote god family and country to protect life liberty and property and to repent and turn to the author of our liberty even jesus christ for in he is our salvation Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for being alongside with the ride. Dr. Scott Bradley's website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check it out. God save the Republic of the United States of America.